summers were me working for my dad doing construction. And so I was his right hand, I mean, whatever you want to call it, grunt. And he would always say to me, you know what's next. Don't make me wait on you. Uh, and it has been so foundational for me in terms of the way that I approach things is, you know, not that I'm looking past what it is, but once we've sort of solved this thing, I want to start looking at, okay, what is the next thing we need to be doing? How should we be thinking about this step in terms of that next step? step, 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 step. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and welcome to week four of 2024 and season five of the Lead With Your Brand podcast. We have another awesome guest to kick off the show today. It is Andrew Howlett, the CEO of Struck, an agency that excels in transforming brands. But first, let's talk a little bit about the Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge, because 2024 is your year to own your career, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand towards your next career breakthrough. And now is the perfect time to use the five steps of the Lead With Your Brand system to build your winning personal and professional brand. Now here's how you can take action. First off, make sure that you've subscribed to the Lead With Your Brand podcast on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Then each week here in January, I want you to tune in and listen to the show to learn about one of the five steps to lead with your brand. Now, after you listen to the show, visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year, where you can grab your free downloadable worksheets so that you can take what you've heard and put it into action to build your brand. Now, by the end of January, you will have a draft of your very own brand book to guide how you are going to show up in 20. 2024. And don't worry, if you've missed weeks one, two, and three, you can always go back and listen to those podcasts, and you can get all of those episodes at jasonpatria.com slash new year. And in addition, you're still going to hear from amazing executives, leaders, and changemakers from the worlds of tech, media, entertainment, and more as they share their best career advice and personal branding insights. So let's talk about your brand and the lead with your brand new year challenge. I want you to ask yourself in your career, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? That's right. Are you just a commodity-based worker that's like coffee that is interchangeable with everyone in your career brand or with your job title? 
Or are you that super premium brand like Starbucks that people are willing to wait in line for and willing to pay more for because you're differentiated from the others? Now, we've been going over the five steps to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. The first week of January, we talked all about super serving your super fans by defining your career audience. The second week, we talked all about you being uniquely you by knowing what you stand for today. And last week, we talked about supersizing your superpowers by refining who you want to be. Now, this week, we are in step four, which is all about keeping up your signature image. That's right. Now that you've defined and put pen to paper on your brand attributes, it's the time that we need to break it down into tactical steps that you can apply every single day in every meeting and more importantly, on every every project to make sure that your work is signature you and has your thumbprints and fingerprints all over it. Now, let's be honest here. In 2024, the bottom line is we are all replaceable. No matter how great a brand you have, no matter how great your results are, You know how corporations and the economy is. We are all replaceable. So we don't need to be out there thinking that no one else can do our job. But the question is, how is it that you add value to all of the projects that you come your way? How is it that you're able to be on brand so that that project that could go to any of your peers actually comes to you because people are looking for that secret sauce that you are going to add? Now, this week, I had the amazing chance to return to the Universal Orlando Resort to work with an amazing group of budding and growing executives in their stretch leadership development program. Now, I've been going and talking to this group for several years, and I had such a blast because going back to Universal Parks is a little bit like going home for me because it's where I actually kicked off and started my own career and my own brand working at Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal Studios Japan way back in the early 1990s. Now, the great thing about going to Universal Parks is that they're inspired by great films and great filmmakers like Steven Spielberg. And when I think about signature projects, Steven Spielberg is just one of those directors that you feel like every film he works on has his signature and his thumbprints all over it. And quite simply, it's because he has this amazing brand filter. All of his films incorporate elements of his secret sauce. So whether you are watching one of his films like Jurassic Park or E.T. or Jaws on the big screen or you're streaming it, or you're going on one of the fantastic rides and attractions at Universal Parks that are inspired by it, you always get those key elements. Because in every single one, of Steven Spielberg's films, there's an element that are very clear heroes and villains. And sometimes those villains happen to be sharks or a Tyrannosaurus Rex or even a Nazi as it shows up in Schindler's List. Then you always have a sense of a family that's been broken apart and then brought back together 
even if that happens to be a chosen family. And we see that in films from E.T. that's about sort of a broken family being mended by an alien. Or Jurassic Park, where, you know, two uh, archaeologists who don't have kids suddenly become a family with kids that are separated from their grandfather out on the Jurassic tour. We even see it as the core of a World War II film like Saving Private Ryan. Now, let's think of other elements that show up that are part of his own brand filter there. We have a whole notion of light and dark and shadows and fog. We see that in the movie Jaws, where the flashlight's going through the boathouse and the fog. We see it in Jurassic Park, when the flashlight is being uh, shown through the dampness where the Tyrannosaurus Rex first appears. We see it in all of the scenes in Schindler's List. We also see key elements around things like color and how color plays a key part of the story. Even think of a film that's in black and white like Schindler's List, where we see that iconic girl in the red coat as she's going through the streets, and then we finally see her in her resting place in one of the concentration camps. You see, Steven Spielberg's films are all signature and uniquely Steven Spielberg because he can take any one of these stories and bring these unique themes and tactical ways that he executes for production. And so that's what I want you to think about. What are those tactical things that you can bring to every project so it becomes a signature project? When people see it and experience it, they know that it came from you. They know that you spearheaded it. They know that you led it. Or they know that you had a significant contribution to that. Now, let's think of other ways that that shows up in places like media. You know, years ago, I worked with the folks at the Oxford network when they were all about Generation O and focusing on super serving the audience of young urban women who were living on their own for the very first time. And they basically said, how are we going to create more shows? You know what they did? They said, what are the best and most successful shows that we actually have? And they were shows like Snapped that you've probably still watched today about, you know, a docu-series about women who've been involved in crime or killed their husband. It was the Bad Girls Club where a whole bunch of women are put into a locked up in a mansion and rip it up and do all of these crazy shenanigans in a competition reality way. And then a celebrity docuseries starring Tori Spelling and her then husband, Dean, Tori and Dean. And they said, hey, if we said what's the secret sauce around these shows, maybe we can replicate it and create more hits. That's where shows like Dance Your Ass Off and The Glee Project came from. And of course, you know, I loved working with my friends over at Bravo. And basically, they could take anything and make it by Bravo because they had a tactical brand filter that said everything from we must have great LGBTQ plus characters to we need to have sophisticated and upscale production and we need to have aspirational locales. So if they wanted to do a food show, they could put it through their filter and come out with Top Chef. If they wanted to do a fashion show, it came out as Project Runway. If they wanted to do a buzzy soap opera, guess what? It could come out like a show like The Real Housewives of Orange County and all of the following shows that came in that franchise. So here's what I want you to do. And make sure you go to jasonpatria.com slash new year where you can download your brand filter worksheet. I want you to think of three projects that you are most proud of that you have accomplished throughout 
your career, or maybe perhaps in the past 18 to 24 months? What is a signature project that has your thumbprints, your DNA all over it? Once you've thought about those projects, I want you to go and say, what made them uniquely you? What would not have happened if somebody else was leading the charge on that project? Then I want you to figure out what is the secret sauce between those three or maybe even more projects that you can put out in a very tactical way. You know what? Maybe it was the way that you consulted with your internal clients. Maybe it was the way that you did polished presentations and added it to it. Maybe it's the way that you worked with people or brought them in. Maybe it's an element of technology. Whatever those things are, I want you to put those together in the same way that we see Steven Spielberg apply it to his films, or the same way that you see Bravo apply it to their TV shows so that we always know that they are uniquely Bravo shows. Once you've created your brand filter, you will be able to keep up your signature image. Of course, that goes along with your dress and how you keep your workspace. But remember, the most important thing at work is how people see the body of your results. Well, we have another amazing guest on the show to kick off season five. We have Andrew Howlett, the CEO of Struck, an agency that excels in transforming brands. Now, strategically boosting brand awareness, engagement, and growth with expertise in rebranding, repositioning, and preparing for fundraising, Struck is at the forefront of brand transformation. As Struck CEO, Andrew is a visionary leader dedicated to reshaping brands in destination marketing, outdoor recreation, and biotech. With a panache for big-picture thinking, he's constantly ahead of the curve, anticipating industry shifts and client needs, pushing Struck to excel. Andrew's career path from finance to tech to agency work reveals his passion for innovation. His approach balances diligence and ease, guiding Struck's strategic path to deliver exceptional client results. Andrew is actively involved in prominent professional organizations, chairing SoDA and contributing to Forbes Agency Council and YPO. We'll be back in just a few moments with Andrew Howlett, the CEO of Struck. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We have a fabulous guest with us today. It is Andrew Howlett, the CEO of Struck. So, um, so Andrew, talk to me a little bit about being the CEO of Struck. For those who aren't familiar with your agency, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So Struck is a creative agency. We're based in Salt Lake City. Uh, we have been around for, gosh, 28 years. 
I've only been with the, the agency since 2019. I had a previous agency that I uh, started, ran, sold uh, in 2018 that was more tech and innovation focused. So I joined Struck as CEO in 2019. I'd always been a fan. We both were in, in Utah, so we knew each other really well. We'd worked together. And Struck has always been sort of the gold standard of brand and creative and campaign here in uh, Utah and the Intermountain West and even, even internationally. So it was a thrill for me to be able to join here and work with some amazing creative brains and and the way that they approach things. So, you know, we really focus in on a couple of different territories. One is outdoor recreation. The other is biotech. And the third is um, entertainment. So we do quite a bit in entertainment and have for pretty much the whole existence of, of Struck. Yeah. So lots of cool things going on. Now, Andrew, I know as a CEO, especially of an agency, you're constantly out with stakeholders and partners and clients and potential clients. When you first meet people, how is it that you introduce who you are and what it is that you all do? You know, we really talk a lot about our specialty is experience transformation, and that's yeah. part of the three-legged stool of transformation, being business, digital, and experience. And, mm. you know, you look at business, business transformation has been around since somebody grew more crops than they could eat themselves and they sold it to the <laughs> cave next to them, right? So that's been around for a right. long time. And that's your Deloitte's, that's your McKinsey's, that's all your big consulting, management consulting groups. Then, you know, digital transformation really started off in earnest in the two, early 2000s when SaaS uh, model came about. Because people, yeah. you know, the Wild West, and, and believe me, my previous agency, we built so many custom CMSs and custom tools and custom things that were great and fun and profitable, of course, but then they had to maintain it. It had to be figured out. And so, of course, SaaS took yeah. over and, and played an incredibly important role in the world we live in today. And But what that did is it created a lot of CSA. And so people, you know, when you're all licensing, when your industry is all licensing the same tools, you tend to look a little bit and act a little bit the same. And so that's where experience transformation comes in. And that's where we play uh, very well is creating an experience, something that's unique, something that is engaging, something that inspires. Because of course, if you're inspired, if you have an emotion around something that tends to lead to a click, a like, a buy, a, you know, a visit and whatever that is, but you have to have that emotion and emotion doesn't come from yeah. something that is just, you know, kind of bland. Um, I, <laughs> I, use joke, I use the joke that, uh, you know, very rarely does somebody, you know, buy your goods or services because of how amazing your backend code is or how amazing your supply <laughs> chain is, right? right? It's the tip of the iceberg that we see that creates that emotion. Now, I, you know, we believe very strongly and we advocate very strongly that those three all need to be consistently revisited, consistently uh, worked on. And sometimes you over-index on one because you might be behind on the digital side. So you have to over-index yeah. there. And, you know, the other two might not get as much attention. Sometimes you have to over-index on the, the experience. But that's really how we talk about ourselves, uh, you know, to our clients. And we really just talk about that experience transformation. And uh, and it's, you know, been something that, that resonates incredibly well with, with all of our clients. They understand it very quickly. And, you know, once they kind of hear it that way, they go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Andrew, I know you're really all about transformation because one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is you have such an interesting career journey. I mean, you started out in finance, then you were in tech, yeah. you've been in this agency world and this creative space for a long time. So talk to me when you think back over your career, what were some of those transformation points for you or some of those career breakthrough moments that got you on this path to be a CEO of a top agency? 
Yeah, I really thought I always wanted to do finance. And so I graduated in finance and my first and second job were finance. And it wasn't wasn't but a few years into my finance career that I realized I didn't like finance, which was a problem. Um, but I had and what was a, the, what was the moment that you realized that you just didn't like finance? You know, I am a creative problem solver. I won't put myself mm. in the uh bucket of a creative from a design perspective. And that's a whole different world. I can't hardly draw a stick figure that looks decent, but I'm a creative problem solver. And, you know, occasionally finance, you get to do that, but it wasn't really challenging me. A lot of what I was doing was just sort of the same thing over and over again. And my, my last uh, job in finance was for a telecom equipment company, big, you know, million dollar plus switches that we were selling. And it really is kind of the same thing, wash, rinse, repeat. And so it just wasn't something I was really engaged with. And so when the early internet days and early e-com days, and I just had the desire to go and look and see what could I do and hear and just to learn it. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a throw me in the deep end of the pool and let me figure out how to swim kind of guy. So I figured let's just figure this out. And so I wasn't even looking to necessarily make any money there. Anyway, long story short, I hired some developers after I'd done some stuff myself. I had people who found out that I had a developer, some developers that were working for me and they said, Hey, could we hire you to help us with some of this? And that, began my agency world. It was pretty much that's it is, is, you know, started sort of then uh, helping others to, to figure out uh, that I had a really great boss at that last place who, uh, his name is Pat Sheehan. I'll still always appreciate everything he did for me. He was a great mentor and somebody who, you know, he saw that I wasn't as engaged in terms of, I was good at what I did. I was very quick sort of up yeah. the, up the chain, but he was always saying, you know, what else do you want to do? And he'd ask me. And I mm. initially, when he asked that, it was a little terrifying to me because I thought, is he going to try and replace me? Is he thinking, no, he was genuinely interested in me and yeah. what I wanted to do. And I will always appreciate Pat for that. And the way that he uh, approached, uh, you know, my sort of career and my interests and me just as an individual. And I've tried to then take that and use that when I speak to, to my employees and that, you know, the people that I've had the good fortune of working around is look, wherever you're going to be happiest, that's great. And I want to help you uh, find that because, you know, if you're not happy where you're at, well, then let's just be honest, you're not going to be as good or as uh, strong as what you can potentially be. And so great lesson for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you've got to be passionate and excited about the the work that you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's got to be something that, you know, and that's, that's the thing that pr- between my previous agency where we were tech and innovation focused, we solved some really big problems and big, had big, got created big opportunities for some clients. And, you know, one that I'm incredibly proud of that, uh, you know, if you're familiar with Nordic track or Weeder or Proform or all of those, uh, they came to us. This is back when they were selling their digital offering. This is my previous agency. They, their digital offering was essentially DVDs or CD mm, runs, sorry, yeah. CDs or DVDs. And they came to us and said, well, what if we wanted to do something sort of, you know, digital? Well, through quite a series of, you know, strategic thinking and, and big problem solving, uh, you know, we came up with this idea of what became now iFit, which is, and, and they were always quick to, to mention that they owned the iFit uh, trademark since the early 1980s. <laughs> long. So there was a, we didn't jump on the i this, you know, uh, train, but we, uh, basically ended up creating for them what is not basically we did we created what what is ifit and still now is actually the master brand for them um wow. that became the master brand and we were the first to put 
We used a, a actually the Android operating system, and we had a whole bunch of treadmills and ellipticals and stationary bikes in our office while we were testing all this. And we replaced their screens with uh, with Android uh, screens, and we developed this whole system. And that's now when you climb on into any of those pr- uh, products. And of course, they've they've updated and upgraded immensely since then, and they're a fantastic company. But you know, we helped to solve this new problem, this big problem for them. And it was one of those really fun experiences um, of helping to transform a business from, you know, really what was sort of an old school way of doing things. And look, the treadmill still did the same thing, but now an engaging way where you could run the streets of Paris, uh, you know, in in HD and you could do all these really unique and the the treadmill would automatically uh, raise and lower as you were uh, going on these streets because we had, you know, obviously all the Google uh, map information. And anyway, a lot of fun. That was a really, you know, fun, big opportunity of, of transforming and, and doing something for a business that that changed their business really forever. And they were very visionary and the way they looked at it uh, was, was incredible. Yeah. And so, Andrew, talk to me about it's one thing to be a leader in the agency world and it's another thing to be the CEO. So what, what, what was it that like prepped you to be a CEO of an agency? Well, probably because I don't have any other good skills that you know could be used in other parts of the agency, <laughs> right? Um, no, you know what? I think that the the finance background really has been a a real solid foundation for me. A lot of my yeah. uh, peers in this industry are you know again incredibly talented folks, but they might have been a, a designer or they might have been yeah. you know a, a whatever, a different part of things. And then they just kept building and growing and, you know, they'll buy their own admission. A lot of them will say they miss some of those big financial pieces. I'm very good at looking at a PL, yeah. and it's not just internally. And I think this is a, a key point for us is it's also with our clients. When a client comes to us and yeah. has a specific request or a question to be able to look at it and say, okay, I understand why you're doing this. And to a designer or a coder, they might look at it and say, what, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Well, it does. When you take a look at it from a financial perspective, they have to do this, 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 whatever that is, whatever this is. And so, you know, I think for me, that was very foundational. And then you know, the other yeah. piece, and I'll say, look, this is, this is huge credit to my dad who he, he passed a couple of years ago, but I worked with him every day growing up in terms of every summer, there was, my dad was a school teacher, my mom and dad were both school teachers. And so summers oh. were me working for my dad doing construction. And so I was his right hand, I mean, whatever you want to call it, grunt. And he would always say to me, you know what's next. Don't make me wait on you. Uh, And it has been so foundational for me in terms of the way that I approach things is, you know, not that I'm looking past what it is, but once we've sort of solved this thing, I want to start looking at, okay, what is the next thing we need to be doing? How should we be thinking about this step in terms of that next step? And so, you know, don't wait for me to tell you, don't wait for the market to tell me, don't wait for our clients to tell me, think about it in terms of what do we know? We know this, we're very good at it. We've done this lots of times. We're experts in our field. We should not be waiting for our client to ask what's next. Doesn't always mean that, you know, we're, they're going to engage us with that, but we need to be thinking that way on their behalf. That's why you hire an agency. You don't hire an agency just to do, you know, minimal things. You hire them to, do, to differentiate. Yeah. And, and Andrew, I know I was uh, reading one of your, you know, interviews in, in Forbes magazine and you talked about the need from an agency perspective, right? Like you've got to get to the bottom of what people really want because what they ask for is not always that. 
hundred percent. We as agencies are addicted to the pitch and have been mm-hmm. for years. We're addicted to the pitch and the deck. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. We're addicted to the deck. We yeah. tend to, you know, make contact with somebody and they say, Hey, we'd like to hear more about you or whatever. We go in with our deck and we're ready with our credentials. And here it is. Over the last couple of years, we have completely ditched the deck. We're still happy to show, you know, what our capabilities are when it's appropriate, but we now lead with conversations. We lead with yeah. what is it you're trying to, 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 what is it you need? And, you know, you ask, what does success look like to you? What does success look like in three years? You know, and I, I, we use the, the, the question all the time around, Hey, let's say we're having coffee in three years. Everything has gone really well. What's happened. Yeah. And sometimes that's personally, you know, our contact, we might say, what's happened great for you. They may, maybe they might say, you know what, this project was so amazing that it lend, gave me an opportunity to move on to this other thing that I've always really wanted to do. Great. Let's understand that. Then let's back in to understand what the problem actually is or what the opportunity actually is. And more often than not, I'd say probably 90 plus percent of the time, we never show a credentials deck anymore. People, we, our reputation is out there. Yeah. And I love that at the end of the day, it's about how do we not talk at people? We've got to create an experience that's about, you know, as you said, great conversations. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and then that translates through to their clients, right? It's, it still mm. comes down to the individual. It's, we still have to take a look at the individual and sometimes their client and we have a, there's actually a separate side of our business that uh, is structure, which is our uh, physical space design and experiential work. So it's not a, it, we're not trade show folks. We're actually more, you know, permanent physical space, but these engaging experiences, whether it be retail or restaurant or, you know, corporate, but we've done several projects for, in fact, I'll give you one example that is a great example is Nickelodeon. Um, mm. They came to us, Nickelodeon Animation Studios came to us and said, look, we're struggling to compete for recruiting and retention against Disney Animation, Pixar, Universal, right? The, all the big, big studios. We're struggling there. Well, when you really look at the history of Nickelodeon, they reinvented the animation game. They were really pioneers, ah. and it's very inspiring. So the client, or that their customer in that case, was actually their employees or potential employees. So yeah. you know, we leaned in to understand what what gets these folks excited, what gets them you know wanting to come to work, wanting to work there. And so we reimagined and completely redesigned their whole corporate offices. And by the words of their president at the time, he since uh, left and is on to other things. But at the time, he told us that we had reduced their cost of recruiting and retention by at least a third, so 33%, just by redesigning and having an engaging and an amazing experience there in their offices and creating a place that people wanted to be, right? And that's uh, yeah. so in that case, again, the client was, was there, but we had to listen to them. So we want yeah. – and because we're, we, we want to listen to our client, they should be listening to their customers – and not just, you know, and in fact, I spent a little time going through your, uh, your step one of define the audience worksheet. And yeah. um, you know, I love the, the approach of, again, there's, we tend to oftentimes look at sort of these big data points, but they're oftentimes data points that are across the board. Well, is that the same group that you're actually trying to reach? And sure, you might be aspirational and you want to reach some more, but if your customer is not addressed in what you're talking about and you're not listening to them and understand what they really want or who they really are, what inspires them or, you know, creates that emotion in them, then what are you doing? And so I, yeah. you know, I love that about, it. I, I was enjoying a lot of those pieces, but that was one thing that really stood out. To me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you checked out the worksheets. Now, did you all do their offices in Burbank? We did. Yes. 
So I'm giving you kudos because I teach there for Nickelodeon Animation Studios with as part of the Paramount Global Family, and they are so proud of that space. The first thing that they did before I taught was give me a whole tour. So I have all sorts of fabulous pictures hanging out of the gigantic uh and in the Nickelodeon that opens into the studio, oh, yeah. into the theater, and the huge SpongeBob pictures, and the galleries of all of the uh, the uh, artists and creatives that have have brought all of the yeah. characters and IP to life. It's really a wow experience. Oh well, thank you. Well, congrats there. Now, Andrew. Um, you talked a little bit about your dad so and, and doing work, and my mom was a school teacher, so I know what it's like to be a school teacher's kid. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? <laughs> I wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> and I, I know, very random, for a kid growing up in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, was not the norm. But I had one of these experiences, and you know, I know this little bucks against some of the sort of, I don't know, pop culture stuff that happened a few years ago, but I had this experience where I was taken as a little kid, or not a little kid, but you know, as a early teens to SeaWorld. And you know, as you know, since your parents or your mom was a school teacher, the money is huge in school teaching. So, you know, we were always on exotic trips. Um, no, so we didn't have a whole lot. And so, you know, anytime we did go somewhere, it was very exciting. And this was an opportunity to go to, to SeaWorld. And I just had this really amazing experience. And it, and it honestly made me fall in love with the ocean. I've become a very big advocate of sort of taking care of our oceans. I'm a scuba diver now. Any tr- chance I get to get in the water, I, I will. Um, and so that right there, I was like, that is the job I want. And, you know, as time went on, of course, you start to, to think a little differently and you start to say, well, maybe that's not the best for a kid in Las Vegas or what else is entailed in that. <laughs> um, you know, the other piece I think that probably is, is important to mention is, as I mentioned earlier, I tend to be a throw me in the deep end kind of person and let me figure it out. Well, that doesn't work yeah. when you're a marine biologist. You, there's a lot of school and I always did incredibly well in school. But I didn't necessarily like it. I wanted to get out and get working. I want to go do. And so, you know, but that's when I started to really kind of fall in love with with uh, finance, at least where I thought I would fall in love. And I had a mentor, uh, Dan Shaw is his name. I actually dated not one, but two of his daughters in high school. So he was, uh, you know, a guy who I uh, really, I looked up to. He was always very kind to me. He was a very, he's a very, still is a very successful businessman and very kind to me and has always been very thoughtful in the way that he approaches me. And um, he gave me some advice, which I think is, again, advice that has, has served me well, going back to what I mentioned about you know running Struck and other agencies, is he said, look, foundationally is finance and, and money. And so he, he suggested to me that I do something around finance and, you know, mm-hmm. and or sort of accounting, but really finance. And as a way to have that foundation for whatever it is I ended up doing, and so I, you know, credit Dan for giving me that advice early on. And I had already kind of been become interested in finance, but it, it was something that I really, after I heard that, and I had gone to his house, he had a house here in Utah that I, I visited him one, one Sunday morning and he took a couple hours with me to kind of talk about my next steps. And, and, uh, the finance piece was really, really came up then and he hit it pretty hard. And I, I will always appreciate that. Yeah. Now, um, Andrew, we've been talking a little bit about your career and some of the great brands that you have worked with. Let's talk about your brand as a CEO and a leader. Give me three words that would describe brand Andrew Howlett. Oh, gosh. Wow. Uh, I would say one would be strategic. Mm. Two, introverted. (laughs) 
And three would be brave. Mm. Which I now, know that probably introverted and brave don't necessarily jive. Yeah. I get it. Talk to me how you're at the intersection of those. You know what? I I don't do well in big group settings. I'm, I'm your very classical sort of introvert. One-on-one, yeah. one-on-three. I love it. I can lean in. You know, don't, don't, let's not talk about the weather. Let's not talk about, let's, let's talk about, you know, really, and it doesn't have to be politics or religion. I mean, let's just talk about real things. And yeah. I would say that that has been something that, you know, probably there, I could, I'm sure I could figure out ways that it has not served me well in terms of I'm not good at a big mixer or a, you know, a happy hour where everybody's wanting to meet each other. It just gives me just tons of sort of social anxiety, but it also, I will connect very deeply with people once we have a chance to, to speak one-on-one. And I like, and I, I like that. I'd much rather have much fewer sort of connections, but they're, they're deeper than this sort of yeah. you know, the top of the, t- I'd rather be that, that, uh, leg down of the T shaped. And, um, and so I, you know, but I also am, I don't, I maybe because of those relationships, the brave part is me. I'm not afraid to say what I think. And quite frankly, mm. if our clients aren't demanding of that of us, then why are they hiring us? We should be very willing to say, this is bad or, you know, this is good. Why are you talking to us? So I think that's a, that's a very much a personal thing is I don't mind saying, speaking my mind. Um, yeah. And also, again, I think my, you know, I am, I always think strategically, my brain is always moving a, a million miles an hour. And so, you know, I try to think more strategically on, on behalf of our clients than just tactically, because, you know, tactics are fairly easy to come up with. That's the bigger strategy that is, is harder. So from a personal brand perspective, I think that's why people, you know, I get a lot of people calling me and asking me for my opinion on certain things. And I, mm-hmm. you know, clients I've never worked with ever. And I'm the, I'm the person that they'll call and say, you know, Hey, I've got this issue. Can I, can we meet over lunch or will you talk with me a little bit about it? And a lot, I think a lot of it comes down to, I, I am, I don't mind saying what I'm, what I, what's in my head, but also, um, you know, I, I do think bigger picture you know, strategic. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how sort of being strategic, introverted and brave, they actually like work together to create like a really unique value proposition for you and the agency that you lead. And Andrew, talk to me a little bit about being introverted because there's all these misnomers, right? Like you have to be extroverted to be a successful leader and blah, 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 you know, all of these different things. What advice do you have to other introverts to own it and make it work, work for you in business? Yeah. You know, I think, like you say, there's a lot of misnomers there and there's a lot out there when people hear the word introvert, they think of somebody who just sits in the corner and doesn't say any, any words. One of the big things is own it. Don't shy away from it. Don't, you know, let people know, Hey, listen, I, you know, I really want to meet with you one-on-one or, you know, one-on-two or three or whatever. I'd love to have that conversation. I'd love to get to know you and what drives you as well as what drives your business. Lean into it. Don't, don't try and hide it. Um, more often than not, I think people actually really appreciate that. They like to, mm. to you know, hear, number one, that you're just being honest with them. But number two, that you actually want to get to know them better. It's not just, again, about the weather and about the stock market and what's happening, you know, or favorite trips you've done, which can be fun to talk about, of course. But the, so I, I think lean into it, don't shy away from it. And then, you know, the other piece that I would say is leverage it from the standpoint of, 
help them to know that's your perspective coming into a conversation. And so it kind of ties into the first one, but let them know and say, you know, I, I am, I'm somebody who really likes to just have a little bit of a deeper conversation. So happy to have coffee, but just be aware that I might ask questions that might make you a little uncomfortable. You know, I had lunch just the other day with one of our, one of a big client of, of a number of years. Actually, I mean, I'll just even say a friend. I mean, I've known him for so many years yeah. and I asked him, you know, so what are your personal goals for 2024? And it kind of took him off guard because again, we're professional, but he, it took him <laughs> hard, he loved it. And we, and we had this amazing conversation that was so great for me. I learned from him. He, he's a really great example to me of somebody who really, you know, loves what he does and loves his family and, and, you know, leans into that. And well, I guess one other piece, and it's really not about the, the client would be take the time to recover. And the idea being, you know, introverts are known for sort of, you get, and I, and I know this all too well is I'll get drained very quickly at a big social event. And I just have, and you know, in the past people have been like, well, geez, why did you duck out so, so early? Why did you, whatever? It's like, well, I needed to take time for me. I needed to go recharge. And as long as you're open and honest about that, most people are very, you know, accommodating of that and they're very understanding. And so I think take that time. Don't be afraid of it. Don't, don't, uh, you know, worry about sort of what people might think, but just, but just let them know, Hey, listen, I'm kind of reached my, my limit of where I'm at and, I need to, <laughs> I've to re- reached my right networking there. limit, my chit chat exactly. limit right now, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I love that. Now, um, now, Andrew, I love talking to folks in sort of this creative brand space because you're in the business of advising your clients on creating experiences and leveraging brand to you know solve whatever their business challenges are, right, or their business goals are. What are some of the things that you and your team do from sort of creating experiences, creating uh, and amplifying brands that you think any of our listeners could actually use that concept to amplify their own professional brand? Don't always think because everybody's doing it that it's the right way to do it. Ah, Because now you're going to find yourself in that sea of same. If everybody looks the same and feels the same and says the same things, what's going to happen? They're going to have a real hard time choosing from it. Mm. So that is a piece that we really look for. What is that differentiator? I'll give you one example that, you know, certainly everybody, if you're a skier or a snowboarder, you know about this, but Snowbird has, was one of our clients for a lot of years. Yeah. And they were using the same imagery that everybody was using, which is the family skiing down the hill together, the couple holding hands on the deck with snow in the background with the fire in front, right? They were using all that, that exact, exact same thing. Well, as we were looking into it and trying to figure out how do we tell a different story for them, one of our creative directors uh, was looking online and saw some reviews. These were real reviews. These are, none of these are made up. There was these one-star reviews. He's wondering, what is one-star review of Snowbird about? Well... <laughs> One of them was too much snow. Snow was too deep and, you know, couldn't, uh, had a hard time skiing it. Too much terrain, couldn't ski it all in one day. I mean, these are all real reviews. Well, I mean, which is hysterical, of course, because that's exactly what you want at a a, uh, ski resort, snowboard resort. So, and kudos to the client. They were very brave in this because this felt a little scary to them. But we we wanted to lean into that. We want to lean into, we are steep and deep. If you want the yeah. little, you know, the easy runs and all those other things, go somewhere else. You want steep and deep, you come here. Well, so we came up with the one star campaign and it was, you know, billboards, digital ads, commercials, apparel. It took on a mind of its own and it spread like wildfire. And I can confidently say it redefined their business for the next 20 years. 
and help them to not just meet their objectives and goals, but exceed them dramatically. Because the people who said, I don't want to be that same person as everybody else. I don't want to be that same skier or snowboarder. I want to go to the place that is, you know, talks about being steep and deep and, you know, the too much terrain, the this and whatever. And it just really took off. And so again, don't, just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And sometimes you have to find that unique factor, that unique story to tell. And it's all about stories, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's whether it's yeah. a personal brand, or a business brand, whatever, it's about telling a story in a way that, you know, makes somebody go, okay, that's different. That's unique. That's something I want to learn more about. And so that's been something that we, again, lean very heavily into is what is your unique thing? What makes you unique outside, you know, in the, in the marketplace? Yeah, I love that whole notion of like what makes you uniquely you. And I think the great lesson from that story too, Andrew, is we want to be unique, but it's also about it has to be real, right? This isn't like making up something that's unique and being different for the sake of being different. It's kind of leaning into what truly makes you unique and not dressing yourself just like everybody else, right? Right. And that's the thing is we are all, we all are very unique individuals. And so, sure, we might have a lot, you know, we, we might be in common on 90% of the, the things that we're, we're interested in, but it's okay to then, you know, show that, that different sort of 10%, whatever that is, and talk about it in a way that does make sense. It has to make sense. It can't be something that's so random that people are like, what? You know, I'm not sure that me being, wanting to be a marine biologist would make people want to actually come and hire Struck. You know, I'm not sure that's going to be front and center on our, my personal brand necessarily, or the, or the Struck brand. But at the same time, it is interesting. It is something that people say, oh, Okay. You know, because if I said, oh gosh, I always wanted to be in the creative industry and wanted to run an agency, I would hope that most people would say, liar, because that's not, (laughs) you know, most of us have kind of gone these windy paths to get where we are and learned a lot on the way and, you know, gained a lot of experience that that's what it's about. And, you know, we, we tend to, as we get, of course, older and I like to say I just get lighter blonde, you know, whatever you want to call it, but um, I just get lighter and lighter blonde. But, the, you know, these gray just hairs are no dusted. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's where I live. But, um, you know, that's experience that obviously if I could have had somebody tell me all that stuff and I would have believed them, it would have saved me some of the, the things. But, it, but I needed those experiences to, to figure out who I am. And so, you know, getting there is all about just figuring out who you are and, and learning those things and then, and then talking about yourself and in a way that is authentic and real and sharing it in a way that, that people can connect with. So, Andrew, I know we could talk shop all day long. I have a couple of uh, fun quickfire questions to close us out. We've been talking all about your brand and some of the amazing brands that uh, Struck supports and, and serves. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without? You know, I'm not a Tesla owner. Uh, I've never owned a Tesla, but I really respect the Tesla brand because they leaned into it from a, you know, obviously their branding is beautiful. Their product. Now I have not seen a Cybertruck in person. So I'm going to just put a little asterisk next to that because the Cybertruck is, (laughs) but the experience in, I mean, I've ridden in plenty of Teslas. The experience was very, very, you know, amazing. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, So, and they've never spent a dime on marketing. You know, th- mm. it has very much been about they've created a brand that every touch point that they've had with consumers or potential consumers are is is, is great. And so I love mm. that 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 Tesla sort of uh, you know approach. Apple did that for years. You know, Apple for notoriously wasn't spending money on much advertising. Their advertising budget was very small, and you know that's changed. But 
they just created a brand that people loved and people wanted to connect with. Even if they weren't Apple owners, they appreciated and respected the brand. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, interesting that you talked about Tesla. So if you were a car, if Andrew Howlett was a car, what type of car would you be? You know, I'd probably be a big GMC 2500 diesel. Just, I love the utility of it. I love the ability to do kind of whatever I need to do. I love throwing stuff in the back of it when I need to. Um, And I also like having a little bit of a higher visibility down on the road. So, you know, that's probably what it is. Probably not the sexiest thing you've heard in terms of to that question, but that's probably me. I like a little bit of, there's some practicality there, but also, I also like the look of it. So, you know, it, it would have big wheels yeah. and tires. It has nice wheels and tires and would look really good. But, um, you know, the practice. Spoken like a true Utah guy, right? Yes. It's also great in the snow. So I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Andrew, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Oh, gosh. Uh, what do we have? Another two or three hours uh, for this? So, um <laughs> No, I mean, certainly, you know, going back to I've learned a lot, but I would say it's the T-shaped piece. Don't be just Mm. so, you know, I-shaped. Don't be so deep in just one thing and not understand the rest of the the, uh, landscape. It's, you know, if you're going to be a computer science major, take a finance class. Mm. Or, you know, if you're going to be a finance person, take a, a, a design class. Take, Take something. Understand because anymore, everything is so interconnected. And I've had too many people that I've known, including employees, that are just really good at this one thing, but they just don't understand the rest of what it is we're trying to solve or why we're trying to solve that. And so, you know, even if it's just for fun, go and learn something else. Go and take up a hobby. You know, I had a a developer for years who, uh, an amazing person, and he built robots on the weekends. And, you know, which mm-hmm. like a true tech sort of nerd, whatever you want to call it, but, but it, and then he would go and compete in these sort of robot, you know, competitions. Well, it gave him this other perspective of competition and having to figure out how to the physical side of things. And, you know, and it was a great sort of hobby for him and he loved it, but it also taught him a lot of things. I, it's been a few years since I've been in contact with him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's working at one of, you know, one of these robot companies now because of that experience. Yeah. But the other piece that I think is really important is, in any organization, you have sort of, you know, all the way from your C-suite down to the, to, the, to the receptionist, whatever it is. And you need to be able to translate whatever the message is from whether it's from down to up or top down. And so you need people who understand a little more than just their own sort of, you know, very singular uh, skill. And so that's why I believe it's really important to have those different understands, those different skill sets. You don't have to be real deep in them. That's fine. But just be able to understand enough to, to speak the language of the business or the clients or whatever it is, um, more than just your specific skill set. Yeah. Well, Andrew Howlett, thank you so much for being on the show. If folks want to learn more about Struck and the work that you all do, where should they go? You know what? Struck.com is the the best place to go. And that's just as it sounds. And, uh, you know, we're also on LinkedIn and whatever, but it's all linked off of the struck.com. And our, also our structure.com is there, but it's spelled a little unique. I won't go into that right now, but you can, you can link to it through, through our main struck.com site. Awesome. Well, you have an amazing 2024, Andrew. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you. You as well. And thank you for having me. Great conversation. I love what you're doing and appreciate your perspective on both personal and, you know, business brands. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? 
Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Andrew Howlett, the CEO of Struck. You know, I loved all of the stories that he told, and I really loved when he talked about making sure that you have a diversity of experiences and skills. You know, at the end of the day, your expertise is your calling card, but it can't be the only thing, especially in a world that is constantly being disrupted by technology. I love that Andrew talked all about making sure that you have this diversity of skill sets and experiences that can enhance your expertise. And while we never want to be a jack of all trades, because remember, if you're just trying to be everything to everyone, you're really nothing to no one. The big value is making sure that just like your brand filter shows you, you're able to bring the unique you to multiple disciplines. In fact, I'm going to argue that some of the most effective brands and brands of executives and leaders are those that are at the intersection of something, right? I love that I'm at the intersection of career development and diversity, equity, and inclusion. I love that I know other people that are at the intersection of advanced technology, but being amazing at the people's side of building teams. It's all about those areas that don't feel like they always come together that bring that intersectionality that makes your brand unique, right? There's a lot of accountants out there, a lot of finance people, but are you that person that can uniquely translate it for folks that are non-financial people? You know what? There's all sorts of great HR people out there, but are you that HR person that can really translate it into business results? And that's what makes you stand out from the crowd. Well, I hope you loved today's show. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll bring you a brand new show every single week. Of course, we are kicking off 2024 with the Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge, so visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year, where you can get all of your downloadable worksheets, and you can go back and listen to weeks one, two, and three from the season so that you can get caught up. At the end of the month, you'll have a full draft of your brand book that's going to help you show up in 2024. Make sure you're following me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I love to share all sorts of tips and tools of how you can lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough on LinkedIn. So drop me a connection or a follow, and you'll get all of those great goodies. Now, most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, career, do not be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are that super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. 
Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.